Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. You're back. Welcome. Means we did something right last week if you're uh, returning this week. Welcome to the RGM Experience Podcast with me, Carl Maloney. Hey up. How you doing, you alright? Yeah, I had a lot of feedback from last week's show, uh, when we all got spangled. Did you enjoy it? Nice lads, aren't they? Have you invested in, uh, investigated uh, their music? Have you invested in the band? Have you streamed some of the music? Oh, you have? Brilliant, nice one. That's what it's all about. That's why we do the show. Welcome to another week of more music, ladies and gentlemen. Here at the podcast. However, you're listening to this. Are you, are you at the gym? Are you on the drive into where into work? Where are you? Wherever you are, you're all welcome. Should we crack on with our new show? Yeah, today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is Jen Dixon. Um, yeah, love this. <laughs> it's quite entertaining, this chat. <laughs> we cover all sorts. I mean, like, like proper all sorts. You might have seen the tease of it where we're talking about conspiracy theories and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's mundane things that we talk about, tasks that we want out of our lives. Chickens, of course. She keeps chickens. And, of course, the music career that Jen um, has taken um, has taken on. She's taken on the music industry. It's a hard graft. Uh, and we talk about that, too. Um, there's loads in here for, you know, people that are, might be frustrated by the industry and how it is. And I get it. It is frustrating place. It's frustrating for everybody, whatever level you're at. It's the hardest industry in the world, ladies and gentlemen. We wouldn't be here if we didn't love it. We're passionate about it. Yes, there's a great chat coming up with Jen soon, ladies and gentlemen. So what's been going on in RGM this week? Um, When you start a project, you'd never know really where it's going to take you. And RGM's become this... thing... (laughs) I just, I just wanted to grow it so it's not known as Carl Maloney's thing. That, 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 um, but it's grown into this nationwide magazine that people are really taking to their hearts. And it's become a bit of a monster to manage, to be honest with you. Um, so this week I've been trying to think of new ways to... Whew, I don't know, delegate some work really and pass on some responsibility to other people to help them grow and develop... Um, as well as, you know, 
taking a bit of the weight off me because it's it, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. So um, we we we're look, looking for new ways where we can grow the magazine. And uh, historically, we've not done a, a lot of live reviews. Had many contacts, you know, getting passes and things for gigs to cover live shows. And it's an area we've missed out a little bit, I think. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to de- develop that part of the magazine. And we're going to do it. We're hiring a live music manager, ladies and gentlemen. And that'll be announced soon. So they're going to take on all the responsibilities of the live, um, you, know, you know, gigs for RGM and grow it and develop it and liaise with all the people involved in getting to the gigs, reviewing it, taking photos, all the normal things that you have to do and manage behind the scenes. Um, yeah. I've got somebody in mind. I'll keep you posted. If you're bothered. I always presume people proper give a shit, but... <laughs> you don't care, do you? You, just, you, 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 like, you like the music. You like finding your tunes. I don't care how it's all managed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, that, that's just, you know, a bit of background. And, you know, this podcast is all about sharing experiences and delving into what it's like here at the grassroots music level. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's kind of where we're at at a magazine at the minute. To grow, we need to pass on responsibilities to other people and help them develop and help us branch out even more, I think. And just keep working hard. It's part of our ethos. Uh, Just keep growing, working hard. Shoulders back. Crack on. Make mistakes and learn from them. It's part of our ethos here at RGM. And we love it. So yeah, you know, tune into the magazine this week, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a, a, a big review from we covered the Libertines gig at Castlefield Bowl in Manchester. That's the head, uh, the top uh, post on the magazine at the minute. Uh, this week we've got loads of interviews, features, reviews, more festival news. I'm going to try and get the Tramlines preview gig out. Uh, gig, the Tramlines preview post out this week. It's a monster, that absolute monster. Uh, just loads of just developing stories coming out of the fringe and um, obviously we're going to be there at the main stage as well covering that Uh, so yeah there's loads going on there so there's loads coming up this week too be the first to find out all the latest information from RGM ladies and gentlemen in one easy way by following us at RGM pod on Twitter that's where you'll find things first you'll see all the video versions of the interviews that we do on our RGM TV page or YouTube uh, people call it uh, so have a look on there and yeah keep sharing your music keep sharing as new bands pop the tag us in on the t- socials we love that uh, yeah so yeah that's all a bit of what's going on behind the scenes here at RGM this week so shall we get on with crack on with your guest yeah Right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today I want to introduce you to fascinating character, Jen Dixon. Take it away. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. How's your day been? Long. It's been a long one today. It's been a long one. Oh, so, okay. you know, 
having to work at the same time as doing music and stuff is a, is a bit of a pain in the bum, isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel that. I, you know, I've got a full-time job on top of doing RGM and RGM's pretty much a full-time job on its own as well. So it's finding time to, it, it, it it's, it's not easy to find time to just to chill, is it? Sometimes. No, because the, the time to chill is the time that I'm writing or yeah, like trying to push the social media or, you know, because um, I'm a one-man band, essentially, yeah. for, for everything at the moment. So Yeah, well, it's thanks for joining us for the podcast. Um, we're going to cover awesome. loads of ground today, ladies and gentlemen, and i like to go right back to the, the start. Just tell us a little bit about you, what you were like before you got into music, just to just discover a little more about Little Jen Dixon. What were you like? Um, so when I was younger, I was, I was well into football, and I used to right. play football quite um competitively um and I started playing drums when I was like 11 Mm. um and did drums until I was probably about 18 19. What position did you play at football? Centre back. Okay why why centre back okay Mm, they just put me at the back but when I played because I started playing again um, probably about five, six years ago, just for fun. Mm. And I got put, um, I was on left wing or up front or in midfield, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, so you can turn your, so you can turn yourself to any position then, really? Yeah, depending on the level. <laughs> okay. <fair enough. laughs> like, you know, I couldn't play like left wing for England. Like, <laughs> okay. Be, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just fun, isn't it? So. Yeah. Sure. So, it, it, and is it Middlesbrough Teesside way? Is that, is that where you're based? Yeah, right. it's Teesside way, yeah. Yeah, I live in a place called Mask by the Sea, which shockingly is by the sea mm, nice. um, in Teesside. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool. So into your sports, started playing drums at 11. That must have been nice for the parents to have a child that wants to play drums. Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually <laughs> get a kit until I was, I think I was 13, 14. I was in year nine, and I think they finally realised that I was going to stick to it because yeah. I'm the type of person that start something and then I get I lose interest and I do something else to do something okay. else um so I think they finally went okay she's serious about this now we'll get her a drum kit um how, and did, how did they realize you were serious about it though were you just tapping things all the time I think I just didn't give up the lessons okay. I just didn't get bored of it um hmm. and yeah and then I got in a band and it was like right well you need a drum kit because you're you're now in a in a band band um and it's hard to play the drums without a drum kit yes um so yeah i got one for christmas when, nice. in year nine and that's where it all began really and did they put you out of the way in a garage somewhere to play it or whether you were allowed in the house or did you have them you can put stuff on drums these days to make them quiet I, can't you I, yeah i had the loft room um mm. my parents and we did have the silences on them so they still made a racket but i think i mostly <laughs> played at school to be honest um I wasn't very good at practicing either. So eleven's quite young to discover drums. I think what what happened? Yeah, there? my um, my uncle played drums. Ah, okay. Um, and therefore, and then my cousin played drums, mm. and I always used to think that she was really cool, mm. and so I thought I want to do that. Um, so just sort of, she gave me a a drum lesson. I mean, she's only a few years older than me, so she was you know young at the time. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is really good fun. Uh, but the the drum lessons were like twenty minutes a week. Yeah. You paid about forty quid for them, and you know, just not that 
great, like doing your grades and it was really boring and dull. Mm. It wasn't until I got in the band that I started that actually thinking, oh, this is, you know, really good fun and I really want to yeah. keep doing it. So did you stop playing football to, to go into music or did you just fall? No. Did you just get bored no. of it? No, I, I did them alongside each other for mm. quite a few years. Um, played football until, seriously, until I was about 20 um, and then I was sort of in my final year of uni um, and had jobs and a house and just just sort of football wasn't, I didn't have the time for it anymore really because it was twice a week going up to like Sunderland twice a week mm. um, and then the matches as well on the Sunday which could have been like in London or something and you, oh. you know you'd lose your whole weekend and I just couldn't couldn't keep up with it. Was it Sunderland um, you played and, for then? So I played for um played for Borough when I was growing up mm. until I was 16 in the academy. And then I went to Sunderland for a couple of years. Um and then I was in Durham, um, which were in Women's Super League Two when it first got formed, um, for about a year. And then I just I gave it, yeah, gave it all up. Mm. Um Was it an so injury yeah. or you just got to your level um, type thing? Or? I yeah, I got um I started really struggling with my like recovery and not mm. being able to be recovered in time for the match on Sunday after training on a Thursday, and it was like really weird. And I, I went to the doctors, and they basically said like you, you there's problems with your blood, and I was like right. And then um, they basically diagnosed me with like a an autoimmune condition, okay. which basically just said you're not gonna recover or or do as well as you know, a normal 20-year-old would. And I just sort of made the decision that it was time to hang up the boots and because it was never going to be a career. It was always yeah. going to be a hobby and there was other things that I could focus on. Um, so I just gave it up. But a few years later, it did go back just to play for fun with the local team at Redcar mm. and did that for a few years and really loved it. Um, but now if I head her a ball... I may bleed in my brain, <laughs> so I had to oh, on the okay. head <laughs> altogether. Yes. Yeah, so, I can, yeah, I can see why. I can see why. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you got to listen to a doctor, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, Just sometimes. But I still go surfing, and you know, there mm. is slight risk of head injury, but not obviously not as much as headering a ball five or six times a game. So yeah, fair enough. So, um, tell us something about yourself that you think we'll be surprised about. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm a grade eight figure skater. Oh, okay. Grade eight. Mm-hmm. So, is that how? how Where's that on like Torval oh, and no Dean idea. level? I was. This this was before I started football. I was about oh. I think I was about eight or something, and me and my sister did ice skating. But I just wanted to bomb round, like yeah. You know, I wanted to be a speed skater and okay. just go and spray people <laughs> with ice and stuff. Um, whereas my sister was all like, oh, da, da, and I was just not me at yes. all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I stopped and she, she kept going and she still does it, to be fair. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I, I stopped doing it, which you I'm know, sure my parents were very happy about because it's quite an expensive hobby. Do you know the band Twisted Wheel? No, uh, it, Johnny Brown, who sings for Twisted Wheel, they're quite a big band, and right. he when I asked him, it's why I like asking this question because I asked it him for the first time, and he's right into ice skating, and it was just like I don't know, I don't know, you just find out little interesting things about personalities when you ask that kind of question. Mm. So yeah, just I, I just like just throwing it in there a little bit and just seeing 
what comes up. And ice skating's coming out a lot. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I mean, I was I, there was there's a couple of things that I was I was thinking about, but the most surprising is probably that because yeah. I'm not a girly girl like okay. at all, and thinking two twos and that. Seeing pictures of me in a purple leotard is just like <laughs> not not me, not me at all. So, do you do they wear tutus in ice skating, or am I way off? I think it's leotards. Is it? It's leotards. Okay. I think it's more of a leotard okay. situation, but they're they're like dresses, aren't they? But then they're right. Yeah. As, okay. Again, don't ask me. <laughs> okay, where, are we getting out of depth here by any chance? Slightly out of my depth. Okay. If you go back to like football and okay. Football, skinny music, jeans, drums, music. skinny jeans. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, well, let's go back. Later. So you started drums at 11. Yeah. And how did you develop into, like, learning other instruments then when you had this love for drums and that was um, good? Oh, God. So I went to <laughs> I went to college to do A-levels mm. and realised that I hated it about two weeks later. Yeah. Um, and a couple of my mates were on the BTEC music course mm. Um, and they went, why don't you come and play drums for a couple of years? And obviously 16-year-old Jen was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> what a great thing to do with yes. two years of my life. So went to um, went into that and just played drums in a band for two years. Mm-hmm. Got a B-Tech. Um, got my grade eight music theory, you know, that sort of thing. Um, dabbled with sort of a guitar because they were around and, and mm-hmm. people sort of, other people were obviously playing them. Didn't really know too much, just tried to teach myself a bit and didn't really get anywhere. And then um, I went to uni um, to do music. Mm. Two weeks later, I realised it wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. It was a theme. Yes. It was a theme. Okay. Um, and the just just going to write, make a note, indecisive. Slightly <laughs> 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 indecisive. Okay. Um, I went next door and I just said, um, can I join your course? It was the sound engineering course. Oh, yeah. And I'd never recorded a thing. I'd never like mm. plugged a microphone in. I was, you know, I was a drummer. I hadn't even plugged a guitar into an amp. Just went. I was like, can I, can I do this course? This sounds interesting. And the, stupidly, they went, yeah, that's fine. Be all right. Mm. Um, and yeah, joined this course a month late, knowing absolutely nothing. Um, and during that time, um, obviously learned how to produce music and and record and do live sound and you know three years of all this stuff. And during that time, I got more serious about teaching myself to play um, and just, yeah, just taught myself with videos and stuff. I, um, I did a, a course on uh, music technology, it was called, in Darnell Music Factory in Sheffield. And, hmm. and you know, it, it puts you in good stead, doesn't it, to, to learn these type of things? Because on my little course, it told you how to solder leads and make your own leads and that kind of yeah, stuff and really yeah, handy yeah, stuff that... That that yeah, that, you, that you take through as a musician, or you know, I played in a band for a bit. You know, it always it helps you out when you're just in the rehearsal room and you want want to make things sound better. It's it's great to have that experience in it to to take forward yeah, through your life. It, it it changed the way that I um, thought about music altogether because mm. before I got onto that course, I didn't actually think about music from a. Um, from a, a radio, a film, you know, d- different. I just thought oh, music is just songs that you buy on a, on a CD or yeah. now you download them on iTunes or whatever. I didn't actually think about how um, 
how much sound there is in the world mm. and, and how many potential jobs there are within the sound industry. Just like things like jingles and stuff. You think, mm. oh yeah, somebody has to record them. <laughs> like yeah. you just, yeah. it opened my mind up to, to, to the world of sound essentially. Um, and that's where the journey probably started. Yeah. Cause you've, you've sat in your own studio now um, that you've built in your house there. So you, so you produce your own music, you record now, you've got all these songs, you you you're producing a new single at the minute too. Um, so it, it stuck with you, hasn't it? Yeah, but it, it didn't. Um, it, it, so when I came out of uni, the, even though I've just said there's loads of jobs doing all these things, in the northeast of England, there isn't. There didn't really seem to be many, many jobs mm. at all. Um, so I ended up actually doing something slightly different. I'm now, I work in audiology, um, which is hearing and hearing tests and things like yeah. that. Um, but obviously still relevant to, to my degree, but um, not what I wanted to do um, with my life. But, you know, stuff yeah. happens. And then um, when COVID hit and I was furloughed, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, potentially don't know how long I'm going to be, be off for. Over the previous years, I'd started to play at open mic nights with a friend because I had terrible stage fright. Um, I didn't want to do them on my own. So I got in a little duo and the first recording of me singing and playing, my voice is like Snow White. It's like, ah. it's like just just like wobbling everywhere because <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah. And then the Christmas before lockdown, I was like, right, this is my year. I'm going to do gigs on my own and I'm going nice. to go to pubs and do gigs. I did one gig and then COVID hit and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, what do I do? What do I do now? <laughs> um, so I bought a load of gear. Um, yeah. and just thought, well, I'm sat in my house on my own for months. Um, let's start writing some stuff yeah. of my own and release my first single in October after that. It, you know, it's something as like shitty as COVID when it happens, it, it does open, mm. it has opened up. And I always try and look for positives in it and it, mm. it does open up opportunities for people to try different things. And it sounds like yeah. that, it has some for you it, a bit there. It, yeah. It changed my life completely. Um, obviously it changed everybody's lives um, in a in a certain way and I'm sure we're all sick of talking about it but mm. it was my it was my chance to 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 think well you've always wanted to do it you've always wanted to be singing at the front instead of hiding at the back like mm. you know why don't you do it with your own songs you know I've never written a song before but I thought let's give it a go yeah um, and just yeah it, it just sort of I enjoyed it, so I just thought, let's keep doing it. When I when I was in a band, I, I I'm I'm absolutely ridiculous and shit with lyrics. It's just it just horrible cheesiness just comes out. I, I'm I'm better at uh, music and rhythm and uh, melody. Mm. Uh, I just can't. I just my brain just doesn't do lyrics well at all. How, how did you find you know starting to put your own words to music too? How did you? Awful, take to it? awful, still do. <laughs> still the worst part for me i feel very um i I feel like i'm I'm probably too like close to them but Mm. also what i'm saying i feel like um it is very like hard on my sleeve and i feel a bit worried that people are gonna you know read into things or that sort of thing and i remember the second song that i released um was actually the first song that i wrote and it was a it was a lovely um heartbreak song about okay. my first relationship okay. you know from years ago and um 
I went into um, for a review in NARC magazine and um, the basically the person <laughs> was really awful um, okay. and just said that like my um, my lyrics were clunky and weak and I was like oh well it's only okay. my second song sort yeah. of thing in my head but that sort of thing makes you go oh I'm a bit crap at this aren't I and it, and it sort of took me a while to go well actually you know it's only someone's opinion mm-hmm. and that song actually why did we crash is my most streamed song so it's the one that people like the most yeah. but this critic said they were clunky and weak and the next song that I did which weighs down um in the rap I might have put the words clunky and weak in there just to I, like, yeah. I love that because, you know, because I run RGM magazine, I sometimes get stuck in the middle of artists and reviews sometimes. Quite a, a few, you know, when bands get reviewed that I've, that I've got gigs on in Manchester and we've had you playing in Manchester before and we've reviewed you before, potentially it could have come back, at, I don't know, it is one person's opinion. And, and bands can, or artists can get quite affected by a, a negative review, even if it's got constructive feedback in it. I, I like to see reviews with constructive feedback in it. Um, and the people that make it in the industry are the people that do what you've just said that you did. You, you didn't really take it to heart. You, you kind of like, you took the experience think, on and then and like made a joke yeah, of it in your next, next song. It, you I, didn't get too down by it. and just Initially, like I read it and I like, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is like, yes. my heart sank and I just thought, oh, Okay, and it did take me a little while. I was in a bit of a slump because I just thought, why am I doing this? Yeah. But I think you've, when you're in the music industry, what I'm slowly learning is that you you can't, everybody can't be your fan. You know, you can't please everybody. Yeah. And I think the motivation for me is that I just enjoy doing it. So if, if you know, if the odd person says to me, I think your music's rubbish, I'll go, well, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Yeah. Um, just don't listen to it, you know, yeah. um, and that, that's fine. So I'm slowly learning that, and you know, it is it's a really difficult industry to to cut through, and there's so much music released all the time. Um, you, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and you're not going to reach everybody either. So you've just got to enjoy it. You seem to have got a strong fan base. Just having you as part of the RGM Cup thing, that online Twittery thing we did. Um, mm. I know just because I, I encouraged you to apply for that just to see how you got on a little bit because mm-hmm. you were like nobody's going to vote for me yeah. blah 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 um, but you did really well on it um, so yeah. so you know were you surprised by the people that supported you there yeah I was really surprised um, I think it's tricky because sometimes like you look at things like Spotify streams and think nobody's listening nobody cares yeah. and then something like that comes along and like the whole of Twitter gets behind you. And, you know, mm. even though you're going against bands with multiple members, yeah. somehow still sticking up there, like as an independent artist with no management and no nothing. I, I didn't think I'd get anywhere near getting yeah. through the first round, never mind, you know, um, being in the final. So that was amazing. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for anybody that supports me, puts me up for gigs, like just, yeah. just anything. Thing. like it's it's amazing uh, i never expect it um i'm always shocked every time why are you so shocked all the time um i don't know i think people probably just like me for the chickens like that could be okay 
part of it. Um, I've, got, I've got a full half an thing. hour of the interview all on chickens coming up in a minute. So. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah, I'm expecting it. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I, th- I think it, it's probably like a self-esteem thing, isn't it? Like okay. I see so many amazing artists and I just think I, I don't deserve the support that I have. I just think oh, I'm just a, you know, I'm, I'm not actually very good, but thank you for supporting me anyway. You like, do, though. Yes. You do deserve so, it, though. Mm, well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I kind of like... Might I, you one day. Well, yeah, well, I, I came across you online and embraced your quirkiness with the chickens and that kind of stuff because, you know, nobody else is <laughs> taking photos with chickens out there and looking after them. Of course they're not. Of course, of course not. they're not. And then, um, and then I saw you started to do music. I just followed you on Twitter. Um, saw the kind of, like, you're, you're a bit quirky, aren't you? You're quite funny. I like that. In a person, I like to, I like to think so. <laughs> so, so I kind of like got on board in Team Dixon, really, and just went mm-hmm. with it and brought you a put me up, put the RGM arm around you a little bit, and just um, and that's that, that that's another reason why we're here, really, because uh, I wanted mm-hmm. to get to know you a little bit more. I've seen you at a couple of gigs. We've had you on in Manchester, and I saw you at that what was that charity gig called again? That Sam Shine was there. Yeah, the the one at Atma. Mm. Well, I just I just walked oh. about and thought, oh, Jen Dixon's here. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought you meant the fight in the fuse, but I missed you at that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, I weren't there. I was severely hungover after Alan Partridge in Sheffield, mm. and I couldn't get there. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I was in Sheffield and didn't quite make it over. Um, but, yeah, you did, you did party in the pews in Mac- Macclesfield. We did cover a few days of that, too. Um, so things are bubbling, aren't they? You know, do, do you feel like things are getting better or easier? Yeah. Yeah, slowly and even sort of locally, um, things are um, starting to to sort of um, progress. I suppose it, it's mm. it, there's a few local festivals um, that I always always obviously thought I'd love to get onto these. Now, yeah. like last year, obviously because of COVID, I think most of the the festival lineups were already sort of like yeah produced because of the people have been waiting for a couple of years mm-hmm. um but i i did get asked on to to one um and just got onto one in um a local one in monroe festival and red room club were nice. um headlining that and there is a, a couple of other ones there's um a festival at millsborough town hall on the 6th of august which is got so many amazing artists on there um, that are that are local, and for me to be actually getting my name up there with these artists that have been around for quite a few years, mm. despite me doing my first gig probably a year ago now, um, is you know it shows me that I am progressing, um, and I'm really happy with how it's going. You I've had just that. Keep... You had that big show at an O2 Academy gig as well, didn't you? What was that? What was that one? Yeah, that my my first band gig was that Leeds O2 Academy. There you go. So, so I, I saw that online and thought, at all. <laughs> go, um, go on, talk us through how that came about and the experience um, of it has been your first gig because that's a massive gig to have for your for your first band gig, isn't it? Yeah. So previously, I'd just been acoustic, and um, the South Martins um, from this area. And yeah. uh, I did an acoustic support slot for them. Um, I don't know when it was, probably before Christmas at some point. Yeah. And um, the they basically um, asked me to do a support slot again um, at the Newcastle or two um, in January. And that was just an acoustic. And then they said, well, you've done Newcastle. Do you want to do Leeds? And I'd said, yes, but can I, can I do it with the band? Because um, yeah. I'm just getting the band together. And um, Andy, the, the lead singer, said, yeah, 
Um, so I was like, oh, okay. Nice. I don't think the plan to get a gig in beforehand. <laughs> so it's going to be the first gig with the band. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it it was incredible. Um, it was so good because obviously the sound is amazing. Um, and just yeah, it's all downhill from there, isn't it? I suppose. Well, yeah, potentially. But, yeah, we all really, really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic experience. So I really appreciate the South Martins for, for doing that um, yeah, nice for one. me. Um, but, yeah, if anyone else needs a support act, you know where I am. There we go. And what's the band called? I, I haven't seen the band name, is it? Just me. It's just Jen okay, Dixon. Jen Dick, um, okay. And I just have the, just have the band um, playing the nice. songs, basically, um, to bring them to life a bit more. So. Well, I was worried about you for a little bit because I saw you getting frustrated with, you know, because it, it is it's frustrating when you're a solo artist and you're, you're in the industry and you feel like it's just you against the world sometimes and other people around you are getting opportunities and you, uh, and you well, you can see other people getting opportunities and you're just like, oh, this fucking hard work, this thing. I could see you getting frustrated. So I was worried about you a little bit, thinking you were going to pack it in, but it's perfectly normal to get frustrated. Everybody does it. Um it, it, it is that's how I that's how I that's how I felt about you know some of your posts and that kind of stuff is that a true reflection of how how it's been for you and it's a struggle isn't it yeah it is very very frustrating because you you not not just me like I I know artists that have been plugging away for years and mm. just don't they seem to just be on a treadmill and they're not actually getting anywhere and they're just yeah. doing the same venues and over and over and they put so much into it and they're not getting anywhere. And then somebody that's literally picked up a guitar six months ago, dresses in clothes that, you know, are a bit too short or whatever, and, you know, like okay. puts on a lot of makeup and they're, they're signed and yeah. somebody's producing their songs for them and putting them all over radio stations. And you just think, I know it's the way the industry is, you know, people, certain people sell and that that's, you know, yeah. unfortunately the truth of it, but it is frustrating from a, um, from an artist point of view and from a personal point of view to see um, artists not getting the recognition that they deserve. Not, not saying that's me um, yeah. because, you know, I, I'm still one of these very new people that's only been doing it for, you know, um, I mean, like say first gig a year ago, so yeah. people are probably looking at me and getting annoyed that I'm getting some of the local gigs that they've been dreaming to get for years. But yeah. um, unfortunately, it is the way the industry goes. Um, a lot of it is who you know. Um, but I think, I think with the, with frustration comes the ability to to stick it out. I mm. suppose. Are you stopping? No. No, yeah, no, I am stubborn. <laughs> okay. I am. I am. Um, at certain stuff, like I, I won't, I don't want to give up at yeah. anything. I like to prove that I can do something, but equally I'll, I'm I'm realistic. So like part of me is like, oh, you know, getting on. There's all these, okay. you know, young lasses that are going to come and take my place. <laughs> so I have, have a bit of a, um, I put myself under pressure and I feel like I'm time pressured because, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to, to make it, essentially. It, it, it used to be that way. Mm. I mean, do you mind me asking how old you are? 28. 28. So it, it used to be that, you know, when I were in a band, I can remember getting to like 24 and thinking, oh, it's not, just not going to happen now, that's it. Mm. Um, and that was a long time ago. There's break, breakthrough artists that are coming, out in the, coming through in the 30s. Uh, even 40s yeah. like comedians don't get famous really till the 40 because they need a bit of life 
Uh, we speak to a lot of comedians on the podcast and they don't, um, you know, start doing things till like late 30s, 40s. So I wouldn't stress yourself over that, mate. There's plenty of time yet. You're only a younger mate. Um, well, yeah, um, the thing is I'm young at heart and yeah. you know, I like to think that um, I don't act my age in a lot of ways. Good. Although in other ways I'm a granny, so <laughs> I bowled it out. <laughs> Let's get on to the chickens then. Why chickens? Just talk me through these little... I, I got to name one. You used the name that I suggested for one. Rod Stewart. Rod. I, I say Rod's name every day. Um, <laughs> Rod hates me. I don't okay. know whether it's because I called her Rod. It okay. is a girl. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, it's fine. I've got a cat called Rita and it's a boy. They don't mind. They don't care. No, they, they don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> your cat probably hates you. Um, it does. Why, why chickens? Yeah, what, what got you into the chicken thing? For, for anybody that doesn't know, you is it your own coop in the back, around the back? Yeah, in my garden, yeah. Okay. I've got the chickens just roam around the garden like yes. it's their own, and in the house as well okay. at times. Okay. Mm. So, so why why chickens then? Um, I, um, I became a veggie probably about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. Um, not like a weird, one of those weird people that pushes it on people, but I just generally yeah. just don't like um, the welfare side of things. Okay. So um, I was told about hens um, that lay eggs and how when they're 18 months old, they get sent and killed, basically. Um, so even though these hens are all quite healthy and still laying, they start to lay less and become um, less... Um, viable for the, the farmer they don't make them it's a horrible way to think of an animal and it? it's not you're not yeah. you're not productive enough so, so these hens have been kept in a cage for 18 months they're laying eggs every day sometimes they turn the lights on and off twice a day to trick their bodies to make them think mm. and make them lay twice as much and things like that it's like a really horrible industry yeah. and I, I found this out and just just thought it was awful and then i saw that there was charities that take some of these and there's millions of hens every year that this goes through but this charity tries to save some um every sort of so many months and you can put them in your garden and they can have a retirement and live nice. scratch grass for the first time and um i saw this was a thing and i was like i need to do this yes um so i did i knew nothing about them hens at all um I tried to pick one up when I first got it and went, ah, because it, it flapped at me. <laughs> okay. um, I was terrified of picking them up because they flapped. Um, and yeah, it just went from there. And then now I'm a volunteer for the charity that I get oh, no. them off. Um, and I'm a poolie hen carer as well. So ones that come with broken wings and, and dislocated limbs and stuff. Oh, wow. um, I'm one of the people that volunteer to, to look after them. Um, Do you have to put little pots on? They, um, so the one with the dislocated wing had to be strapped up for um, four weeks. And then the one that broke her wing, once she went into the vets to have, my vet loves me, like sarcastically, he really probably doesn't because I'm <laughs> there all the time. With okay. hen. Um, but he operated on this hen and fixed its wing. Um, but once it was operated on, he's like, no, it's fine now. Just off you go. Right. So they don't need pots on, but yeah, it was just sort of, strapped for a bit um, and is that like yeah. another qualification that you had to do to, to to know what to do or you just kind of like you've just been around them and you know how they yeah you, know how you they just are. learn as you go yeah. along like you, you get them and something happens and you go oh dear what's going on take to the vets they explain what it is and then next time you know and you can like now i just ring up and say 
I need this antibiotic. And he's like, okay. And he just puts <laughs> it out for me. So, um, yeah, you, you sort of just get, you just, you just learn. It's, um, Is it expensive then? Um, not massively. Are you, you helped so, by the charity with it? Yeah, the, the charity for, for the hens that have like broken wings and stuff, the, the charity do pay for the operations. When when I actually have a hen and if like it gets ill, so a lot of it is um, their egg laying um, stuff causes problems because they start to wear out and they get tumours and you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's where you tend to need to get like antibiotics because they get like internal infections or they get an egg stuck and then you have to try, you know, try and get it out somehow and things like that. Um, so it, those things, you know, it's like eight quid for some antibiotics or something. So it's not like extortionate. Yeah. My vets are great though. I think if you go to other vets, you might end up paying a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go to an out of hours vet to get one put to sleep once. And they wanted to charge me 160 quid to put the chicken to sleep. Yeah. Um, my vet charges 10 pound. So it was a bit like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, depends, depends where you go. I'm sure. But how many, have you, how many have you got? Like 20? <laughs> No, at the moment I've got six. Six, okay. The most I've had in the garden is nine. Okay. Um, but they they, they poo everywhere. So oh. if you have too many, it really yeah. is like like <laughs> just you know it's a bit of a mess. So it's hard to keep them on top of. Oh, so I try to try to limit it to to sort of six or seven. But sometimes I end up with people giving me them. So I have a few posh ones. So Rod that you named. Yes. Um, was from a guy around the corner who um, a dog killed the other hen. So she Ooh. was on her own. Um, and because it was the bird flu situation, he couldn't rehome oh, anything uh, or whatever. So she was on her own. So I rehomed her. So. It does look like Rod Stewart though, doesn't it? Yeah, she, she definitely looks like Rod Stewart. Yeah. Um, all my hens are very well named. <laughs> so the white, the white one's called Snowy. Okay. Mm, so, you know, yeah. very, very well thought of names. <laughs> okay. Go on, what, what's the other names for him? Um, so I tend to call them like, so the I just rescued two um, baby chicks mm. and they were going to be called Thelma and Louise, but I ended up just calling them twinnies and I just yeah. go, because they're always together, so I just call them the twins. Okay. Um, and then I've got, um, <laughs> again, it's terrible, I've got Gingy and Blackie. So, like, so a, bl- a black one and a ginger one? Yeah. Okay, right, okay. The little fluffy ones, they came to me with names because okay. the lady that had to rehome them gave them names, but yeah. I don't know what they were. Um, I just call them by what one one of my very first hens came and so she was snowy, like, blacky, and ginger. Okay, there's a yeah. definite theme then, there, Jen. Mm, but I have had like baldy before and scruffy and okay. like whatever they look like. Um, yeah. one of them had um, one of them had a limp because. When I put her uh, strapping on her dislocated, she didn't know how to walk. Oh. So when she walked, she was like, like just like really weird. Um, so she got called Stompy. Okay. So you know, there's there's there's, there's, <laughs> there's method in the method madness. in the madness. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I've got another one of those uh, little offbeat questions a, a little bit for you, okay? And it's the first time uh, we had Spangled on the show last week and they gave me a great answer for theirs. And it is all around just the mundane and a mundane task that we all have to go through when mm-hmm. we live our lives in this house and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If, mm-hmm. if you could name one mundane task, what would you get rid of? So there must be something around the house that, that you just don't want to do anymore. I can't be asked for that thing. It's... Too mundane uh, for me. I hate washing up. Yes. 
it is the worst job. Um, I, I have a dishwasher and things that don't go in the dishwasher stand by the um, the sink for Jesse from Scarlet didn't like washing up. She said the same kind of thing because she she. So I've said we'll buy her a dishwasher. Mm. You still got to put them in and empty it though. You do. And you can't put everything in there. So yeah. the things that don't go in there just tend to sit. The other okay. thing I put in the bin as well is hoovering the stairs. Yes. Don't know why. It really infuriates me. <laughs> Jessie said hoovering as well. She said hoovering because the hoovers are the same size as her. And it's quite hard oh. to push this bloody oh, thing around her. away. Oh. No, that's not an issue. Um, I have a I have a shark, and it's like pretty okay. like, right, pretty okay. good. I'm quite good at doing the flat, but yeah, just the stairs because you have to get different bits and like oh, yeah. not having it. Yeah, no, I get. It. I hate having to put socks away. Yeah, I don't pair them. I don't. If if you oh, if you if you saw my wife's sock drawer, which is like perfection, like everything's mm-hmm. paired and neatly packed away. That's and then too much time. It's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's, um, and then you looked at mine, and it's just a handful of random socks just chucked in a drawer. Yeah, that's me. And then I have to find them every morning. Which yeah. one goes with which one? But and, I'm all right with that. That's and fine. odd socks every day. Yeah, we, we can live with that, person. can't we? We can live with that. Yeah, 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 it's fine. My socks are normally those little ones that you can't see anyway. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know how long or how many, how much legs the mundane task has got, but I, but I do like asking little questions like that. Hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what people, <laughs> how what people's houses would potentially be like. So you know that I have loads of pots in the kitchen. Yes. So, yes. And um, yeah, the people that were spangled don't have um, hoovered carpets. <laughs> Well, you know, people like stuff like that, really. You know, you, you can do these interviews and talk about music and that kind of stuff, but music gets mm-hmm. talked about a lot. That's why I like, uh, I like, you know, changing it, to, I don't know, spicing it up a bit and just talking about different stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's people people invest, with, people invest with personalities if they know a bit about them, I think. Yeah. And that's the yeah, reason for, for trying it out. One last question then, before we get on to your new EP that you're planning at the minute. Um, do you sign up to any conspiracy theories? Yes. Nice one. Go on. Uh, <laughs> this is where people think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, but it's all good. Um, the Titanic conspiracy theory. Mm. Hmm. Do you know it? No, but I've just been to Belfast and I went to the Titanic Museum and saw the Titanic right. under the sea. Actual evidence of it. Yeah. So no, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Oh, okay. Go on. There's a conspiracy theory that the ship that sank wasn't actually the Titanic. Okay. Now, bear with me. Okay. Bear with me on this Go one. On. So the, the Titanic's sister ship, which I think was the Olympic... Um, I walked around like, that ship. It's, it's it was, harboured at the side of the museum. I walked around so it. It's identical day. to the Titanic, yeah. minus a couple of little things like a window or something yeah. like that. And apparently, there's a documentary on this. Feel free. It's okay. a very interesting documentary. Um, apparently, the... Um, Olympic had an accident at some point and they didn't really want to fix it properly. No. So they, from an insurance point of view, they swapped the names in the middle of the night, apparently. Oh. And it was the Olympic that actually sank and it was already, um, already had like a, an, an injury. That's not the word. <laughs> the boat had an you know injury. what I mean? Yeah. The boat was already injured. Yeah, and, okay. um, and yeah, and, it, and that was the reason that it sank. Apparently. So where's the Titanic now then? It's the Olympic. 
what you've oh that oh that oh okay oh yeah i've been on the like they literally just changed the names overnight well the the one the one that's outside the museum isn't identical to it it's like it it is called the sister ship but it's like a smaller tinier version of it Uh, right like it's it's uh, probably not been on it then there was three there was three ships and like very i'm not doing this very good i'm not making this sound very like you know believable it's fine it's a conspiracy theory so Watch the documentary, it like draws you in and you're like, okay. oh my God, it could, it could have happened. Like yes. it could have, people do anything for insurance. And back then yeah. there wasn't all the like photographic evidence and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Any, yeah. Any, any, any other conspiracy theories? I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy thinking she's crazy. No, it's good. It's good. good. Um, people are getting to know Jen Dixon and that's the point of this interview. I like it. I just, I really, but I am, I do really like the Titanic. I need to go to the, the museum thing. It's brilliant. Um, I do really like the, the sort of the history of it and everything, mm. but that is a believable conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's all the conspiracy theories about like 9-11 and stuff like that. But then I, I sort of worry that like when you delve into that sort of thing, it can be, because it's quite fresh still, isn't it? Yeah. It, a little bit like potentially a little bit disrespectful and can upset people a bit so okay. i know there's loads of random conspiracy theories about that but i went i, up, I went up the world trade center three months before it all happened i went at the <laughs> observatory thing at the top of it yeah yeah, yeah. God. i know yeah somewhere i've not been to new york um but i'd obviously go and visit ground zero yeah i forgot there but yeah i think the, t- the titanic is the main conspiracy theory for me yeah. Okay. So you, when I'm when I asked you about the interview, if you've got anything to plug or anything like that, you told me you've got. I, I saw some pictures out. You've got this half like shadow Jen face. So is it is this the cover of a new EP that's coming out? Then talk, let's let's move no. back into the music. No, go on then. No, that's I, not. Um, okay. That is just a promo shot. Right. Um, and that is yeah. The the EP there is a there is an EP cover. Yes. Um, the EP cover has actually been around for for over a year. Okay. Um, as soon as it was shot, I knew that that's what I wanted for my EP cover. Um, so I'm not telling you what that is, but um, well, I can it, imagine it's. Is it going to have your face on it? Because because you, your previous ones have. Weren't hmm. you like in loads of milk or something for one of them, and then you drew a clock yeah. on your face for another one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So it is. It is. It is me. Yes. Um, okay. And it was. Was it milk, by the way, on that that first? Is that your first single? That it was all white and it's got your little face coming out of this milk. Yeah, how did you do that? Um, At the time, I had a housemate, um, and basically, you don't have you don't have a housemate anymore because you're you're getting too messy with milk. That's not the reason why. (laughs) But um, she, um, bless her, I I was like, I need you to help me do this. She's like, what? I was like, we need to. I need to be in milk. <laughs> okay, nice. So I literally went. It only took like a couple of a couple of um, pints of milk to yeah. make it like, and just filled right. the bath with water, okay. put some milk in, and um, yeah, just dunked myself. And we got like a load of lights and pointed them down yeah. in different directions. She was like there taking pictures of me. Um, some of them are hilarious, um, <laughs> but got a couple of a couple of good ones. Nice. Um, which I used for the. Uh, um, the which way's down single, I think. So, are you asking me? Yeah. You should know, mate. No, I, I think that's what I think, oh, that's exactly. one. <laughs> I think that was the one, okay. but yeah. Um, I, I did, um, I actually did a video for, for that, um, yeah. and that's where the um, the EP cover was shot. Um, and yeah, I'll be using that. So, and then you drew now, a clock on your face, 
I did. And then you're going to surprise yeah. us for the next EP then with something else on your face. That sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is a family show. <laughs> Sorry, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> my um. Oh God, I just can't tell you anyway. Okay. Um, my I won't have anything on my face. Okay. Uh, but it will be. Um, it is. Um, I think it's a cool shot. Nice. Um, and the back of the cover. Um, the back of the EP will be. Um, hopefully something that people can have a laugh about as well. Okay. Is it full band as well, or is it you recorded in your studio or? Just me. Yeah. Um, I was looking at working with a producer for this because I was like, I really want to do it um, justice. Mm. Um, but proving difficult to, to find anybody mm. that has like the time um, and also um, isn't like too expensive because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't have any backing. Um, and I have to pay for it all myself. So um, I do have um, the songs there. there. I'm working on them slowly, um, mm-hmm. but I will be getting somebody else to master them because I, I am terrible at doing that and I want them all to sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will, um, I think I'm just going to plug on with it myself and just go, do you know what? This is me. This is my EP. Hopefully it will get some attention and people will really like it. And hopefully one day someone will go, you're signed here. Yeah. Here's a producer and like, you know, do it with me. But until that point, I've just decided, you know what, I'm doing it on my own because I've done it done it so far. Um, and it'll be an achievement to have recorded yeah. it all myself as well. It'll be an absolute pleasure. Ping it over to RGM whenever it's ready. We'll push it out yeah. there as well and spread the love yeah. and that kind of stuff. Uh, is there anything that you want to share with the Jen Dixon fans out there? Any any messages or is there anything that you'd like to leave them with before we let you move on with your life today? Um, I guess just like hopefully I can see everybody at a gig soon. Yeah. Um, my first local band gig is on the 21st of July mm-hmm. um, at any volume in Stockton. So be really cool if people could get down for that if you if you love we'll put there's some ticket links and stuff in the description of this podcast mm-hmm. and for the chicken uh charity as well we'll put a, a link yeah, up do for that. all that kind of stuff uh, yeah. yeah um and if you're not local you know um i'm sure we can find your spare bedroom if you just want to come yeah. down and see it and also the festival on the 6th of august at the town hall um is is definitely worth um coming down to as well so brilliant Jen, I've really enjoyed getting to know you a bit more. Thanks for your time this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And yeah, all the best with everything. Keep going, mate. You've got you've you've got this. I've got this. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, do invest in there. Uh, uh, have a look in the description of the podcast as well, where you'll be able to see uh, and buy tickets for Jen's gigs. Um, and you can raise some money for the little hen farm as well there. Not hen farm, the hen charity. Sorry. Um, but the link's in the description to investigate all of that. Thanks, Jen, for joining us for uh, another show. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And to you, the people that are listening. Cheers, guys. It's really appreciated. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, please help us out and you know, share it with the world. Um, word of mouth is how we grow podcasts and we very much appreciate it you can leave reviews on iTunes Spotify Amazon um, however you enjoy the podcast Um, it's all on there Uh, please give us a review it helps us out on the algorithms and all that kind of stuff Uh, follow us at Twitter at RGM pod and here we go and I hope you enjoy your week you got much on 
a steady week this week, isn't it? Oh, you've got loads on. Whichever way it falls, ladies and gentlemen, we know it's tough out there. Keep singing, keep playing the tunes. Enjoy your week, guys, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks again. Toodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.